welcome back to the Botanical Creative. It's good to join you all again um, and joined by Bonnie. Hello. <laughs> and this episode we thought of talking about doing some photo shoots. Mm. Which, in, um, in particular with colour theory and how colour theory plays a big part in not only obviously art but also within photography and plants and yeah. putting the right colours together as well. Yeah, exactly. It plays yeah. a big part in, um, you know, interior design and, and that kind of thing. And, yeah, you can definitely use it out in the garden. Mm. I don't actually know what the colour of the year is, so excuse my keyboard whilst. Colour of the year 2021. What is the colour of this year? I don't know. Because um, you know how they usually come out with the fashion colour of the year? Uh, no, I did not know this. Pa- Pantone is the colour of the year, which is like a goldy colour. Pantone, okay. It's like a, like a sort of, um, like a wattle, like a rusty wattle colour. Yeah. Um, hmm. But yeah, yeah, each year, um, more so with fashion, comes out with the colour of the year and it's like what's big in fashion. So you might see a lot of those sort of yellowy mustard tones in fashion this year and I think yeah. I actually have, so... Yeah, and it translates into um, plants as well, what could be popular in people's gardens or pots and things that they're using. So, Yeah, some Pantone-coloured plants. Yeah, very, <laughs> very hard to find. <laughs> mm. yes. But um, recently we were, well, I was assisting um, yes. you doing some just photos in the garden, that kind of thing. Yeah, so I was doing some photo shoots for things that I won't, exactly hint at at what they are but anyway so we're doing photo shoots and because I haven't had too many experiences of doing them I was like oh I wonder what um colors would work really well together in regards to the pots that would suit the plants with their flower colors and things like that and just settings and that and I've got quite a good idea for it but I took Ellie Jane under my wing as my pot lifting extraordinary yeah (laughs) yeah and to to help me with that because you've got a lot of extensive knowledge with color theory um like I can tell what works well together but sometimes it's good to have a second perspective to um to like say yeah you're doing it in the right right scenes but yeah well it you know it does come down to personal preference but if you I guess you're doing it in a professional setting you want to make sure that Mm. the colors kind of work together and there's no clash or yeah. They were kind of washed out, that kind of thing. And I'm I'm a huge lover of sort of the Scandinavian um, mm. colour palette. And yeah. I was actually researching for work recently, um, sort of a, for design. Um, have you ever heard of Japani? No. So Japan is cross between Japanese and Scandinavian design, especially with colours. So they. So is it like a colour scheme? Sort of colour scheme and a design theme um sort of incorporating natural organic tones and embracing sort of everything natural um and with one of the shoots that we did um I had a beautiful sort of rust coloured pot that was complementing sort of oh what would you call it plum sort of yeah it was like flowers it was really really nice yeah Mm. That was so it's really just nice. understanding how those colours sort of work together. So you could almost say that's sort of like a Pantone sort of mustardy coloured pot in Ooh, a way. Pot of the year. And it's because it, what, what's the what's the theory behind the complementary colours though? It's about being opposite, right? Yeah, so the complementary colours are 
directly opposite on the color wheel. So you've got, mm. you know, the color wheel kind of most people know that. Mm. Um, so yeah, they're directly opposite. So um, for example, red would be, it's complementary color would be green, yeah. orange, blue, um, mm. that kind of thing. Mm. And no, it was something that I used to refer back to a lot when I was working in retail, when I was doing plant displays, mm. this sort of can be taken back into the photography setting too, um, was when I was laying out the, the flowering stock displays and making sure the colours were bouncing off each other in a really nice way that was not unsettling to the eye but more pleasing and still made sense. Yeah. And I always said to people if they weren't used to working with colours, print yourself off a colour wheel and have it in your pocket as a, as a form of a guideline as to how to best use colours in the garden. Yeah. Um, but no, so yeah, the photography shoot was really cool and I didn't realise how much work would go into it too. I think yeah, we both were caught off guard. It took a full we? day. Yeah, it took a whole day, about eight hours of just styling them in the pots, making sure that they looked really, really pretty. Yeah. And that, yeah, the colours worked well and then sometimes the backdrop was too busy for the actual image so you yeah, had to find a different another setting. important aspect. Because mm. yeah, um, that one with the, the purple, purple reddish flowers... Mm. Um, and the rusty pot, you could say that that was using a Nagalus colour scheme. Um, so that's slightly different to the complementary colours. So you're using colours that are kind of next to each other on the on the mm. um, colour wheel. So you've got oh, your okay. purple, red, orange colours in that um, that kind of bring it all together a bit more. Mm, it probably yeah you're probably spot on it probably was a good example of that because mm. they were all of those sort of tones and they really yeah. did bounce and I think the great thing was that the foliage was super green yeah so that, you had almost yeah. that opposite color on the color wheel yet you still had a fair few of them that sat quite closely together as well so yeah yeah mm. it brought them yeah. together yeah and have you used a lot of your sort of color wheel theory in um or your colour theory in your painting? Is it something you use religiously every single time you're, you're thinking of doing a sketch? or I think it's something that I could probably use more of, like actively mm. um, drawing on that. But, mm. yeah, kind of in, like, um, complementary colours, especially for doing shadows, that kind of thing, um, mm. is very important in, um, well, in painting in general and, and watercolour. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, just um, taking, you know, helping you with the, the photos. There were like a, a few things that you mentioned um, to be wary of when, when taking photos, like your lighting and position and that kind of thing. I mean, you obviously know more about it, having done photography for quite a number of years. Yeah, it's something that I probably don't um, consciously think of um, or have to think about when I'm doing my photography now. It just sort of is second second nature to me. Yeah. But lighting is huge. Often I'll get told, because my, my job now is pretty much being a photographer, a mm. plant stylist, um, and I often get told, oh, it's a really sunny day, it's a great day for photos. And in actual fact, if it's full sun, I'd rather wait until it gets cloudy or overcast, because if you have full blazing sun... Plants too bright kind of thing too, yeah it's overexposed the colors don't photograph um as true um yeah and it, it's just very harsh yeah um that's why you see so many great little film pieces through you know social media and that that really 
capture capture your imagination is because they're half the time they're filmed early in the morning or mm. in the evening when it's more that golden hour just before where the light is softer and more diffused and it's the same with doing photography I wouldn't really do it during the middle of the day unless I had um like a, a flecky or a um um or I had some sort of way to block out the harsh sun and actually cause shadowing on the plant that looked yeah. more So what's even. a what's a flecky? A flecky is just a, I guess you say, a nickname um, that we mm. use in production and that it's like this reflective um, material that sort of unfolds into a big disc and yeah. um, you have different types of colouring. You've got one that might be silver, so when you're holding it, Often, if it's used in film, it, you will find that they may put reflect the sunlight off it onto the presenter so that they've mm. got more of like a healthy glow or they might use a white surface to diffuse the light that's reflecting onto the presenter's skin. Yeah, it's the same thing it as, yeah, it's the same thing as um, like a stationary um, object that you want to highlight. You can use these scrims or um, fleckies to reflect the light as to how you want that best yeah. to look on that object um often a sort of a gold silver one is used so that you look really healthy in the skin as well Mm. um which doesn't work quite as well on plants but (laughs) yeah so there's those little tips um you've also got um what do you call it again i've gone blank i think it's called the 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 gray discs or is Mm. it's a something i'm trying to remember what it is but it's pretty much if you do a lot of um I guess you could say auto photography. It's yeah. um, pretty much a quick way to set your white balance when you're doing your photography. So that way you get your white balance correct in your photos. That way you don't have the wrong colors coming through. Um, so that's also important if you're doing it. I don't really use it at all, to be honest. Yeah, um, you kind of rely on, I guess, the you know picking the right time of day and, and lighting yeah. and that kind you of thing. You can sort of tell if it's going to work right for you. Yeah. Um, and then... Yeah, making sure you've got the right, um, I guess, eye for it too, making sure you're getting the right angles and that because anyone can take a stock standard photo, but yeah, that's one thing compared to creating something that actually evokes inspiration and, and a want when you see yeah. an image. What would be so, your kind of tip on angles and that kind of thing? Because, you know, you can take any kind of angle, but it doesn't necessarily translate um, to a good photo. I tend to get down onto the ground, like flat, and get... Um, really close to the subject and I sort of work in all all angles really I yeah. one thing I use a lot is deep focus which is maybe holding something that's a bit colored or pigmented really close to the camera so in the camera viewfinder it appears really blurred so it gives you a soft sort of coloring to the bottom frame of the image but it sort of helps fill up any void of space around your subject too yeah um so I tend to do that a fair bit um, creative and bit also, yeah you can be creative with it but also using different lenses that's yeah. a huge thing getting good good glass you don't want crappy glass if you're investing in photography too yeah um, which i've actually got to update a fair few of mine because they're starting to get um they need repairs because they've got tiny tiny minuscule flecks of dust in them which comes out on an image now so i need to get them serviced or i might actually have to replace them so Oh, really? Um, and that just happens over time, sadly. Yeah, because um, you've had them for quite a while now. Um, my Canon lenses I've had for about 15 years. Wow. And, you know, they cost me 
three, three to three and a half grand at the time. So they were a huge investment, but they've lasted me over 10 years. So it's been well worth it. Yeah, definitely. Um, but now it's time to upgrade because there's new technology and better glass now. So yeah. bigger and better. Yeah. So that's <laughs> the next plan, but I'll be broke for a bit. But better start But um, yeah. But the other thing with compared to doing um, sort of say lifestyle or let's say hobby photography with plants where mm. it's just capturing the plant with a lot of the photo shoots you got to style it right so it's having the props it's also having the right location the right feel because yeah. there's no point doing a plant photo shoot if the building doesn't match the theme of what your branding is for that plant as well so yeah, yeah so making sure you got the right setting and things like that that's more than just the, the object no and it's like it was said to me by um my boss actually it's like you don't go to award ceremony without getting your dress and your your makeup and your hair done you got to mm. do all that stuff before you get to the event and it's the same thing with the photo shoot you got to do all this prep work and before you can actually do that photo shoot so it's finding the right props finding the right colors finding the right materials that you want to use yeah it can be anything so you drew mm. on that kind of scandinavian theme color scheme when um choosing your pots because um, you you chose all of that didn't you yeah i chose the pots at that time it wasn't based off anything scandinavian um it was just more of my own natural style which tends to be reflective of that but also yeah. something more organic i like the more natural tones of things but sometimes that doesn't fit the brief but for those particular plants it did yeah um they were, like it's using... for for hellebores if we didn't yeah. mention earlier yeah, and it's and I like using the different textured pots too because they reflect off maybe textures within the plant as well. So yeah, um, it's playing with those sort of things to add more interest into the image. Yeah, definitely. And mm-hmm. um, one thing I noticed was if you have lines in your photos as well, making sure sure that you know they kind of line up because it was a, a table that we were taking a photo on and it had all sorts of lines in it, making sure that. Yeah, the pieces are either centered or it's you know purposely off center kind of thing and keeping yeah, well, in mind those everything you place has got to have sort of a purpose and a reason yeah. as to why it's been placed um in the end i didn't end up going with any of the table shots because yeah. i just didn't like them in the end but they're still good shots for personal use but for what i was wanting them for didn't quite meet the mark so i did something different in the end yeah. But it was the same. But like you're right. If you're going to be using something that's very obvious as to a shape, whether it be lines or whatever it might be, or you've if it's sure straight, that, yeah, you got to make sure that photographs well. And one of the biggest things that um, I love about my camera is that it's got a balance bar built into it, so you can tell mm. if you're holding the camera straight or not. Yeah, um, nothing worse should, than taking a wonky photo. Yeah, <laughs> and I should utilize it a bit more than what I do because I tend to freehand my photography a lot, meaning I'm not. On, on sticks yeah. whereas um, I should probably go on sticks a bit more um, so tri- tripod if anyone's not knowing what sticks are <laughs> not, not literally sticks it's probably another nickname in the industry I'm just not aware no one else knows but anyway so we call them sticks um, which you know are really really useful but at the same time they just take a little bit longer to get things set up and all that so that's why I freehand mm. a lot more um, but you know depends on the job yeah what about uh selfie sticks yeah well i I think back in the day it was like you were a disgrace if you ever owned a selfie stick but now i think like it's totally reasonable you sure 
I think so. <laughs> Why Do not? No, but I was looking at investing in the latest GoPro. Um, oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I might get the selfie stick that goes with it because why mm. like, why not? And then that way it's easier to film quicker and bite-sized grab things, you know. Yeah. So. so would you use that for, like, kind of filming yourself? Yeah, well, I would, I would like to put more effort into um, the shots than just holding a stick. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, sometimes it takes a really long time to achieve that because – to film something that might be a minute or two minutes can take 10 hours to 15 hours by yourself or longer because you've got no one else to help set up the shot make sure you're in focus and all that so yeah and sometimes you just got to keep repeating until you get it right yeah I guess the same with photography as well yeah it is um I'll easily take like you know 100 to 200 photos within half an hour yeah um and then I may only pick four out of the, mm. all that that I want. Oh yeah. God, Jesus! Jet just scared me. I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> heard a little he was, being a, he was being a little rock climber and he jumped on something, scared himself, and then scared me as a result. But anyway, and Jet's a bunny, by the way. Yeah, Jet's a rabbit. <laughs> He's a mountain rabbit. But anyway, there's some good tips there for you know if anyone's wanting to try some photography, giving mm. it a go. Yeah, you mm. can't really go wrong. Um, you know, everyone's photography is different. It's, you, people sometimes mimic other styles, which is fine if you're learning, but try and embrace something that's your own sort of authentic style. Yeah. Um, and, you know, photography is something that I view it in a way is that you are capturing a moment in time that you'll never, ever see again. Yeah. yeah. Because it's, it's, it's literally that moment in that time where no, no one else is there. You know, that flower might have come out again next year, but it's never going to be exactly the same as what you saw last year. Mm, yeah. So why not capture that moment? I guess that's, that's what, what makes, you know, photography of um, flowers and, and that kind of thing, you know, Most anything, quite exciting. It can, be, it can be a shot of yourself. You know, that's a moment in time you'll never see again. So why it not capture is. that? <laughs> Yes, that's how I view pretty, photography. So. That's how I view whenever mm. I take a photo is that I'm capturing a moment that I can always look back on because I won't remember it. And the yeah. photo is the best way I'm going to remember it. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Oh, that's good. Well, that was um, some good advice and hopefully, you know, the listeners can apply that in photography, whether it's in the garden or um, mm. any kind of subject. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's been been good having a chat. Yes, it has been. Yeah, and uh, everyone, thanks for joining us, and hopefully we'll um, catch you next week on the podcast. Yeah, we'll see you then. Yeah. Bye. Catch you later.